Okay, good. Good morning, everyone. Can I understand that this mic as if it's really working, but I think I'll have to be very close before it works. To, for We are live streaming this morning, so that's why we've got the mic. It's not that I just want to stand in front of a mic. Um, welcome, everyone, to the launch of the Digital Commonwealth Project. Um, as you see, we've um, got myself, I'm David McGilvery, I'm the project lead uh, for the project. We have Jennifer Jones, who you'll see around, who is the project coordinator. We have Alison McCandless here today, who is the educational coordinator for the schools programme, which we're going to talk about. We've Gail McPherson here, who's also representing the schools programme and also the University of the West of Scotland. Today we're going to go through and um, try to make the launch a bit interactive. So what we've got up here, um, we want you to join in, participate, and that's also create content as well as actually just share content. So a number of ways you can do so. It's already happening in the, in the, in the room and before people came here today, there's a at Digital, Digital Commonwealth 2014 is our account, our Twitter account, hashtag Digital Commonwealth 2014. Um, we're going to have a series of, of workshops this morning, or sorry, after lunch uh, this afternoon. We've got a question board up on the left-hand side there, and we'll get you some pens so that as we talk and as we've all finished talking you, and you're sitting there thinking I'm still unsure about a number of things, then please put some questions up there. Towards the end of the launch, we'll come back and try and address as many of those as possible. The ones that we can't address, we'll go back to our project team and work out answers for later. Um, and we also are going to be live streaming, so this is going out to, I'll say, a wider world. To, there are some people, I think, who are interacting or unable to be here today. And we're very keen that we use the sharing devices that we've talked about on the board there that get out to a range of other people who may wish to become involved in the project, because the project will, will grow as it goes on, and we're keen that this reaches the right people. So if you have networks and contacts who you think may be interested in it, may benefit from participation in it, then please share your information with those. Okay. I'm just going to provide a short context first, and then we're going to go on and do a little bit about the schools programme, which is a component uh, of the project. We're going to hear from, from John Fellows and from Adam Perry, who are funders of the project, just very briefly. Then we're going to um, have a performance um, from a, a songwriter, because one of the components of the project is community songwriting. And then we're going to have lunch, breakout, and then there's going to be a couple of interactive workshops that you can participate in. So, but before that, we just want to give a context for how we got to Digital Commonwealth. So some of you in the room may have interacted with us in the past around a project we ran called Citizen Really, and you see some of the imagery for Citizen Really up on the, on the board here. Um, it was a project that ran around about Olympic Torch Really uh, last year. Many of you, no doubt, stood on the sidelines as the torch went past. Um, we, gener we, we recruited and trained about 40 reporters uh, and interns who had some had very little experience of doing any kind of media work, creating any audio or video. We trained them in collaboration with the Media Trust and others. Uh, and then we went around and did a tour around Scotland uh, and actually generated a kind of a different version, if you like, of the, of the Olympic torch, really. And it's a kind of very much a local... Um, bottom-up, more organic uh, approach to, to understanding how media can be created around about this. So it was, it was based on a kind of model of citizen journalism. That project was really successful. We created a huge amount of content with people who, again, had very little experience of doing that in the past. But we were very keen that we wanted to develop that further. Not just, we only had a limited resource to, to develop the capacity of people, to support them in the longer term, to actually continue to, to do that, and maybe move into you know, media careers if that was what they were interested in. So we were very keen to have a follow-up project that would work around about the, the Commonwealth Games as another kind of key focal point of attention for media um, uh, around about 2014. 
And we wanted to do that by generating more capacity. So the Digital Commonwealth Project is a response to that. So here we, we as you see the map here, there's, we created lots of audio in different parts of Scotland, but it's not really covering that much of the country. And we were very keen to do something that would do, be much more national in terms of its coverage, involve more people, and also support communities who have perhaps less well represented in the media or haven't had the opportunity or the skill sets to get involved in creating media. So that, again, we don't leave the, the reporting or res creative response of the games to the, the established media that already exist. So we then, I guess, produced a, a, a project called Digital Commonwealth, which for us is a, is a creative response to, and I've put the Commonwealth and, and games in brackets there deliberately to say, really about getting people to think about what the Commonwealth means in the context of the Commonwealth and their places uh, for them as individuals, for their families, and not just to be around the notion of the Commonwealth Games it, itself, the actual event that happens in, in uh, July next year. So that all the project really builds up to the Games. Uh, so we'll be encouraging people to create content, be involved in community media cafes, uh, be involved in a schools programme on the build-up to the Games, so that when it comes to the Games itself, Yes, there will be a culmination in the Queen's Baton, really, where we actually will expect all the people who have participated to be creating content, to essentially be reporting around about the Games, uh, that, that event itself. Because that's the event that goes around the whole country, just like the Torch really did, that goes around the whole uh, of Scotland for, for a, quite a long period um, in July and, uh, next year, June and July next year. So that we wanted, I guess, involve a diverse range of individuals and communities, and the way we've done that is to, to design these three major components of the project. So we have community media clusters we're trying to, to create and support in four parts of Scotland. So that's in Aberdeen, in, in, the, in the east, in Edmund, in the east, in Glasgow, in the west, and in the southwest, in Ayrshire. And the purpose of these, and we're going to try and do a kind of community media cafe today, is to actually, in the first instance, raise awareness about the project, get people who've had little experience of perhaps using audio or video, social media or blogging, to come to cafes, to learn from others, to share and actually to, to get a sense of whether they wish to be part of this project in the longer term. And then in ja from January onwards next year, we'll then turn that into a series of formal workshops where people who've shown an interest in continuing to learn more about these creative media forms come along and, 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 and receive more training. The idea is that we, again, create a community early on and we sustain that community through. The second part, the schools programme, I'm going to leave a little bit because Alison and Gail are going to talk about that in a minute. But again, the, the, the ethos is to reach out to all 32 local authorities so that we can create a national map, if you like, at the end that is where, where schools in each area have created content that reflects the Queen's Baton, really. Um, and the third element, which we're going to hear a little bit about today, is the Creative Voices project, where some of the expertise that UWS uh, has in creative writing and songwriting and in documentary film we're going to come together around about the four areas of our campuses in the, in the southwest of Scotland, uh, so the west and, and southwest Scotland, to, to, to focus upon, again, a creative response. So we're going to run a series of workshops um, around about community songwriting, creative writing and documentary film, where, again, groups who perhaps haven't had the opportunity to participate in those kind of initiatives can actually come together and create outputs. We're going to show you in a minute uh, the website we're going to create where we want all of this to come together. So the digital Commonwealth dimension is that all the outputs from physical face-to-face -face interactions will be turned into some form of digital artifact. And that's where it will appear on our website, and that gives us something that we are then capable of, of archiving. And here's a really interesting creative response to, the, to the, con the context of the Commonwealth. So others will talk a little bit more about the, the specific things, uh, the specific components in a moment. 
The, we're very aware that when we did our Citizen Relay project, we didn't try and prescribe how people would think about the torch really as it came around Scotland. And that was really useful. It got people to be really creative. But that was a small project. So this is a much larger project. And we have to kind of think about how schools or communities would get involved and how they would think about the Commonwealth. So we've just developed a series of broad themes. And again, we want to encourage people to be creative around about these themes in terms of the way they think about these for their communities within their school environments uh, and interactions with other people that they, that they meet. So place, people, culture and exchange are, are the four themes that we are getting people to think around. These will flow into all of the workshops that are delivered. We'll do a little bit of that, a bit of that later. Um, so for the schools programme, for the community media cafes, for the digital storytelling workshops we're going to run, we'll be getting people to start thinking about these issues. But as I said, we want that to be a bit creative licence there for people to, to be creative around about how they think about these themes so that we don't overlay prescribe and overlay curate. We actually would like to see people coming forward with stuff that we, we can then curate it later. So themes are going to be discussed a little bit today too. Um, we also have developed, and, and this will, you'll see these on the website when we launch it uh, in a few moments, some principles, I guess, that guide the project. And some of these are, a lot of these are about, so here we've got, we've got common wheel, which relates to the common wealth, but also, importantly, common purpose. And, and that comes through in things like how we license the material that we produce, the digital artifacts we produce, that we make these available for sharing through Creative Commons licenses. So we're, we're, we're really keen on making this project about digital media literacy, really. Not just about creating video and audio, but understanding some of the issues that are happening around about uh, media literacy. Um, we're very keen on people understanding about the ownership of the materials that they produce, where they can host them, where that goes. And that's all very clear in our project principles on our website, about how people, when they're sharing content with us, what, what happens to that content, who owns that content, uh, and, and those kind of issues which are, are quite pertinent, really, because we all produce media you know, on a daily basis. We're all doing it probably on our phones at the moment if we're sharing and, and, we're, and we're, we're, we're creating photographs, for example. So we want schools to be aware of those sort of things as well as wider communities who we interact with. Um, and accessibility is important, and that's about who we reach, the, kind of, the, the beneficiaries of our project, but also um, the, the ability to archive what we're doing here. So we're very keen that this project is archived in such a way that it is something that's, that's preserved, that's a kind of record of, of an alternative response, perhaps, to the Commonwealth Games. There's going to be lots of, of material produced around the Commonwealth Games. Media will produce lots of things, and, and National Libraries of Scotland will archive all the official stuff. And again, we're keen to say, well, this project, which is more based on a kind of local and organic development, is also archived, because it's also an important response and, and, and thought process around about the Commonwealth and the Commonwealth Games. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that because we're going to talk about the schools programme in a moment. Um, I'm just going to ask um, two of our major funders, so UWS is a contributor to this project itself, but also the Big Lottery Fund, our main funder for the project, and also Media Trust, Local 360 Network, um, and Adam Perry are also funding the project. So I'm just going to ask both of them, John first, do we just come up and give a, a few words about Big Lottery's involvement in the project? Thank you very much. I think um, just I was really lucky about a, a year and a bit ago uh, because I uh, we, I got tickets in the lottery for the Olympic Games, and I was really I took and my family, my, my daughter, and my wife and I went to uh, went to Windsor to watch the rowing. And I'm not a huge fan of the rowing, it has to be said, but it was the thought, thing we got tickets for, and it was brilliant. And we went and we had a 
Uh, we watched a, a day's qualifying in Catherine Granger. It was fantastic. But it finished at 12 o'clock, and after 12 we got back into the, the town, and we thought this, this will be great because the town will be really looking forward to that and the, the atmosphere as much as we were looking forward to going to the games. But the problem was that Windsor was absolutely empty. And uh, you could get, you know, the, the restaurant that we'd booked lunch in was, wasn't full, it was quite quiet because they told people to stay away from the town because it was going to be busy and that people were bust in and bust out. And I remember talking to the, the, the manager of the restaurant and saying, well, what's going on? He says, well, it's like the Olympics are something that, that's happened to us. We haven't really chosen to, to get it. It's sort of arrived and in a couple of weeks it'll be gone, but nothing really will change. And that had really quite an impact on me at the time. I knew a wee bit about the work that David and Jennifer and others had done about the sections, really. But when the big lottery fund were thinking about the Commonwealth Games and how we could help support the Commonwealth Games, I thought we wanted to make sure that it was something for everybody. It wasn't something that came to Glasgow and just happened in Hamden or at the SECC or at the Emirates. You had to have a ticket to go and see. But the Commonwealth Games can be something that can happen to everybody. It can uh, make you want to take part in sport or get up and have a party with your family or bring the people in your street together to, uh, to celebrate all the different cultures that are going on in Glasgow today. And the Commonwealth Games can be that sort of catalyst to uh, bringing people together and mo- motivating people, not just about sitting there and, and passively watching sport. And so that's why we're absolutely delighted to be able to fund this project, because that's what it does. It gives people an opportunity to uh, participate and to get involved on a basis that they choose to do themselves. They can connect with each other, have conversations with each other about what they're doing and share their experience, which will hopefully motivate other people too. So from the big lottery fund's perspective, this is an absolutely fundamental part of what we want to put in place in Scotland to, to help Scotland celebrate the Games and participate in them. And if there's anybody else here that has ideas beyond this too, then come and talk to us about them as well. Because from helping, you have, uh, uh, helping young people get into sport through a 2014 Communities Programme, or helping more volunteers in local sports clubs, or just having a, having a party on your street uh, to celebrate the fact that uh, it hopefully we'll get a, couple, a bit of good weather and some good TV to watch together, we'd be happily fund that too because we think that's intrinsically important. So... Thank you to, to David and Gail and, and Jennifer and others for all the work that they've put in to get the project to where it is today. And we're really looking forward to seeing the, the fruits of their, of their labours. And thanks for your time. Thank you, John. Um, I'd also just like to, to invite Adam Perry up um, from Media Trust Local 360 Network, who's one of our major partners, who's also involved in Citizen Really, just to give us a few words. Just to celebrate here, just before I go on, is again another project that people can bid in and get funds for to run any, anything in it, and that we're, we're very keen to tie in with that project. Um, Media Trust, uh, through the Local 360 project, is involved because, as David has already mentioned, I got involved with Jennifer and David through Citizen Relay, and when David and, and Jen started talking about a follow-up and about the idea of Digital Commonwealth, it was an absolute no-brainer for us to get involved because... Not only is part of what Media Trust believes in about giving communities a voice, but the Local 360 project is unique in covering the whole of the UK in working to show communities and how they can begin to harness digital media to have a voice themselves, to no longer rely on, as David's already spoken about, the gatekeepers of mainstream media, but to be able to take control of their own story. And there's a very powerful 
uh, idea which we believe in at Media Trust, which is if you control your own story, you control your own destiny. That's why we want to work with David and Jen. That's why Digital Commonwealth is such a good idea. And that's why we want to be working, particularly with the four community media clusters, to be able to show these communities how they can use it, help them develop and support them, not just through the Digital Commonwealth period, but beyond that as well, as part of a wider network of community media. Sorry, one last thing. Uh, I'm going to be looking for some of you to do some community media reporting, and I've already got two volunteers. Raise your hands, please, Captain Frabjot over there. Uh, and I think Zoe's here, who was involved in community, in Citizen Relay. Zoe, 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 yay. Uh, and we've got the Digital Sentinel uh, at the back there, who are one of our local 360 beacons and mind waves as well. So please come along. We've got some cameras here. If you've got your smartphones, we want to show you how you can use those to start to create media. So please come along to the Community News Cafe when we have a little breakout session at the end. Otherwise, I'm going to come and grab you. Thanks. doesn't make our workshop quite so exciting, does it, Alison? It's kind of education, so... Anyway, thank you very much. Um, Alison and I are going to talk to you about the Schools Programme. We're trying to roll the Schools Programme out across all 32 local authorities in Scotland and really, I think as David said earlier, get every local authority involved, every school involved in Scotland in a way that wasn't possible through the Citizen Relay Project, but by having this funding that allows us to employ trainers to go into schools throughout the country, then we'll be able to do some of that. We, we're conscious of using a term called clusters that sometimes means different things for schools, so we're careful with that. But we want to try to have a cluster being a primary school and secondary schools working together within each local authority. We're hoping to have um, 20 learners in each, each cluster working together and We'd like to take advice from you guys on how you think that would best work and we can maybe explore some of that in the workshop as to whether people um, self-select or, or the teachers do that through specific classes and how we can work on that. David mentioned the four themes earlier of people, place, heritage and identity. Um, we don't want to restrict anybody. You can do your projects through the schools on any project at all, but those themes for this overall, overall project exists and if there was a way of working around those themes that would be absolutely great. It would allow you a little bit of guidance to, to give a theme to say to your pupils, let's work on something that's within these themes and they're, they're very broad so there's a lot of scope there and we'll try to then work within those schemes and report on those schemes. We'd have people going in to the schools to provide um, equipment and training if that was necessary or just training if they already had the equipment. So I'm going to hand that on to Alison, and she's, she's going to tell you a little bit more about each of the areas and how that you can get involved, because I guess in some areas we'll be inundated with people, and some areas we won't have enough. So some, maybe some of today is we're trying to get access to a little bit of your networks to make sure that we get access to the right people and the right authorities as well, so that we can really make this a pan-Scotland project, education project, which involves everybody. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Gail. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to say a bit about how the education project will work. Um, what we're going to do is, I'm just so excited to be working on this because it's Scotland-wide and it's just, it's great. There's so many 
Lennon Festival, went to the Lennon Festival, found out so much stuff. It's like, in one place, went to teach me, found out loads of things about everything that's going on. Everybody seems to be doing really exciting projects, and so are we, and we want you to join in. So, I'm going to tell you how in the school's project you can maybe get involved. Um, we, we, like I was saying, we might have a lot of demand from certain areas, we might have not so much from other areas, so you can help us with this. Um, because it's a big lottery funded project and because we're thinking about the impacts we want to have, we want to target it to areas that perhaps need to be involved in it the most. Um, so we have criteria for how it's going to work, um, which are up on the slide here, but I'm going to go through them as well. Uh, so we want to concentrate on areas that need it most. We're looking for schools, clusters to work together uh, across a range of primary and secondary, so we want a group of, of pupils to meet together, helping with transition as well. They, do you want them to meet in the school? Do you want them to meet in another area? Do you want to host it in a school, in a particular school? That's the kind of thing we're going to talk about this afternoon as well. Um, how is this going to work? So we really need your ideas. Um, we've, got, we've met so many interesting people and learned about a lot of different projects that are going on. So our project, we're going to target it to... Uh, hoping to get a school in every local authority area. We want to work to the themes that David went through before, but we're also looking the, at the logistics of how this is going to work. So we want to look for a, a teaching champion and a technical champion in each school cluster so that we know that there's someone that's behind it and is making it work um, and is sort of helping roll it out in other areas as well. Um, and we're also looking at how we can... Uh, get people to, to get recognition for the work they're doing. So we've been exploring open badges, which is the Mozilla project. So we've got, um, we're looking at uh, ways that people can get something at, as part of the project. They get a, a, a digital badge, which they can use as part of a, a blog, embed it on something. They can use it as a recognition of those skills that they've gained in the project. It's not as formal as a, a qualification, but it's something that recognises the work they've done, which they can then take to other places and say, this is something that I've done. So we're definitely looking into that. We'd love to hear some ideas for resources, because the, the whole project is based around workshops for schools, where we have blogging, social media, video and audio. So some of you are doing this just now. Some of you maybe work in one area rather than another. We want the schools to be able to have a workshop in each of these areas and basically look at ways that um, we can make these resources useful, embed them into curriculum for excellence, We're working with Education Scotland. It's all going to come together and we need your help identifying people and we just want your enthusiasm. We want to find out what you're doing as well. So let us know. Come to the workshop this afternoon. I uh, hope that's given you a wee taster of the education projects. Look forward to speaking to you more later on. I'm Jennifer Jones, I'm the project coordinator, so if you're interested in getting involved, I'm going to be involved in trying to coordinate all of this, but I'm just going to set up uh, the website, because I'm going to give you an introduction to the web platform we're using for Digital Commonwealth, so I'm going to try and talk and do this on the computer at the same time. So, I'm also the IT. Okay, if, if I'm also the IT. Questions, we're going to hang around some post-its, because we want to put some questions on this question wall. We've had, we've had um, some on Twitter already, this We've had some on Twitter, we'll try and respond as the day goes on to any questions that people have. So just while Jen's getting the, the website up. Okay. Cool. Okay. So we now can officially actually launch the website. I've been working on the platform for the last couple of months just to make sure that we've got an infrastructure in place that can actually handle this project. It's going to be, majority of it's going to be online. 
Um, so we've got, this is our portal where everything's going to go. So we've got four types of projects. We've got the edu school and education project, we've got the community media project, we've got the Baton Relay and we've got the Creative Voices. Now this is the website, digitalcommonwealth.co.uk. Um, at the moment it's um, quite clean, empty, because it's ready to go for people to start collecting content. So the way around the design is we've used a logo that is uh, available on um, open source font so we can actually teach people how to create their own brand. So there's apps and phones that can add text into pictures and video and stuff. So we're not just saying this is our brand, we must protect it. It's actually letting it go and seeing what people can do. The flyers on your seats, they are designed in a way that you can almost want to colour them in and take a photograph and stuff. So I want it to be clean, fresh and ready for people to start making things rather than trying to impose a sort of look onto it. Um, so there's four different colours and the orange is a sort of uh, universal colour so down the side so each project's got its own colour scheme so that's essentially what we've uh, put into it as a project but now we want to be able to separate that through clicking through these sort of things so each section's got its own site but we're using a platform called WordPress which we will also be teaching as part of the community media clusters and within schools so it's very much the tools that we're using to communicate this project will be the tools that people are getting taught. So we're teaching people audio, video, blogging and social media. So everything that's on this site, um, Flickr, tw Twitter, YouTube, will all be the platform we then go on to use because we want it to become something that's sustainable that people can use themselves rather than sending us content that we then moderate and upload ourselves. So it's built into the training from, from all angles. So I guess I'm just... Yeah, so in terms of like connecting to the project, we're using the hashtag DigCW2014. That will be the hashtag throughout, and uh, that's how we'll find the content as well. So as long as somebody tags the content with that, with that tag, we will find it and pull it into the website. So essentially, that's the infrastructure. So I think that's it, really. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit of a comfort break, and we're going to write down some questions, if there's anything at the moment, because we did throw you a lot of information at the moment. Any questions about the project? Write them down, stick them on the wall, and we're going to start responding to that. Um, in the meantime, we've got Barry McLean, who's going to be doing a performance um, relating to our community songwriting. So I'm just going to get, give him a chance to set up. Um, if you guys want to just have a wee break, the, the loos are outside and stuff, we can get ready to go. Okay? Cheers, thanks. <laughs>
It's fine. It's going to be enough when you get the start again because I'll turn the mic down.
position in the chat and talk to context and so on today. I think it's going to keep getting all the calls for everybody's project because we're actually going to be one of four workshops that are across the four campus areas that we're
Hope you're still with us on the live stream. We'll be beginning again with a performance in five minutes.
David's off his phone. Okay, everyone, can we just have you sitting back down? Is it on? Okay, if you don't sit down, we'll just play in the Barry voice of the way. Yeah, you can sit down. Yeah, that's the key one. Is there three motors on there? No. No, that's fine. No, that's fine. No, that's fine. No, that's fine. I don't need three motors. Okay, I'm going to break up the conversations, which is great to see everyone having a chat. That's really what we'd hoped. Um, we've got lots of questions up on the board, which we're going through, taking off any that we can't answer, um, scrumple them in the pocket. Uh, but seriously, we're going to deal with all those as, uh, as after we've had the performance. So what we're going to do now is just hear a little bit about 
one element of the project, which is the community songwriting, part of the creative voices element of the project. Um, and I'm going to introduce David Scott from uh, University of West of Scotland, um, who's going to introduce Barry McLean, who's going to give us a song after discussing a little bit about the process of community songwriting. Okay, David? Okay. Barry, come. Thank you. Yeah. Barry McLean. Uh, what, what I wanted to do was, was just to talk a wee bit about uh, one of the, the reasons that we, that we think community songwriting and, and sort of participatory music making is, is important. Uh, one of the things that, the first thing I did when I uh, put together the MA Songwriting Performance degree at UWS was to put a, a strand within that degree of collaborative songwriting with communities. Uh, and, and there's a couple of different reasons for that. One, one of them is simply that, that musicians, songwriters, uh, can find a really rich vein of, uh, of work and, and you know, uh, professional practice through doing uh, community music making, community songwriting uh, work. Uh, but more importantly, that I think for, for songwriters who work uh, professionally and who do a lot of uh, collaborative writing, co-writing with different people, uh, it's a really interesting thing to do to work with, uh, I suppose, unorthodox uh, collaborators. Uh, what you do most often as a songwriter, if, if, you, if you work with other people, is to work with other songwriters uh, and other people who have got developed craft skills and who have been over the course of, of writing songs and, and, and collaborative, as Paul McCartney used to say, nose-to-nose across two guitars. Uh, but what is really interesting when you then go and work with, with community groups who maybe don't have any music craft skills, who don't even have any uh, experience of making music, uh, what you have to do as an artist is, is to work out ways to negotiate that uh, collaboration uh, and to... And to uh, to develop skills in yourself and in other people. Uh, and in doing that, I think what, what happens is uh, you produce work which comes from different perspectives. Uh, so it's got value for people who are coming to a songwriting a collaboration who have never had that experience before. And I think we would all agree that, that music, certainly in this, in this country, uh, music is one of the ways that we tell our story. You know, the, the, Scotland has got a, a long, rich tradition uh, of storytelling and music, uh, and, and also a, 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 a reputation for punching above its weight as a, as a producer of songwriters and musicians uh, whose work uh, translates uh, across the board. I spoke uh, at UCLA last year uh, about Scottish songwriters, and as soon as I, I mentioned the Proclaimers 500 Miles, uh, people kind of knew what Scottish music was. Uh, the, the point is that, that, that music is a great storytelling uh, force. So, so through community music and, and, and working with people who are not, uh, uh, quote, songwriters, uh, you can tell people stories, help people tell their own stories, uh, give them a different uh, experience to that they've maybe had before, but also from the artist's perspective, uh, you work in different and challenging ways. Barry is somebody who came on to our uh, MA last year and is about to graduate with uh, his Master's in Song and Performance. And one of the, 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 the reasons I was so keen to have Barry on the, on the course is not just because he's a great songwriter, uh, but, but also because he's got such a wide range of experiences working with different people. And one, one of the, we, we met through a community project, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, so maybe you could talk a wee bit about some of the projects yeah. that you've done, and then we'll come on to the specific okay. 
project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what David said is right about how uh, you can help tell somebody's story who maybe doesn't have too many other ways of telling a story, which goes for not just music but uh, any type of cre creativity. Um, but I think there's one other thing, which is you create an artifact for them, um, which is very, very important. I mean, most of the work that I've done just through chance has been with uh, children um, from all different sorts of backgrounds. And, uh, you know, it's the fact that they've written a song is it'll mostly be the first time they've ever written a song and they take it home and show all their friends and all that. Um, so that's the other thing that, that they get from it. Uh, and as David said, it'll probably be a song that's nothing like anything you would have made yourself as an artist before. They, they tend to have a lot more imagination than I do when it comes to songwriting. Um, and uh, so, so that's, but it does, and it does challenge as an artist as well to be able to live up to their uh, imagination and actually produce something that, that is worth listening to. Their parents won't be like, what is that? So that's a challenge as well. But um, yes, yeah, so as David says, I've done lots of different uh, community music projects. Um, I think that my favourites were, um, I've done one with foster kids in, for Edinburgh City Council. Um, myself and a few other guys have done that. And, um, and another one with uh, deaf children at the uh, Donaldson School in Linlithgow. And both of those were amazing uh, because we got to spend a good bit of time with those kids over a few weeks, created something amazing. But it's uh, it's the little things that you don't appreciate as an artist as well. Um, again, this has maybe been self-indulgent, but it's also about self-improvement as well uh, with getting to see these insights into the little things that you don't appreciate that you just glaze over normally. Um, like the, the deaf kids who... You go into these grand plans to make huge songs and all that, but they're just blown away that they can feel the vibrations of the bass drum and all that, and then they go on about for ages. And uh, and then with the uh, you know the foster kids, they've just you know David says they, they might never create some before, but they've just never even seen a guitar played before, um, and so these things just blow their mind. The fact that they got to play a drum kit and things like that, you know, it's very very basic things that can transform some of these kind of uh, thinking that they can actually play a drum kit if they want to. Um, so from their point of view, obviously they're benefiting, but I think it is worth mentioning from the artist's point of view, um, who maybe are normally from a, a kind of world of egotisticalness. Um, it is a real kind of brings you back down to, to earth kind of thing. So it's and, it, and it brings you back to that, that idea of common wealth, doesn't it? And, hmm. and this, this sense that, that, that making music is, is a way to share uh, common experiences and, and 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 wealth, you know, and all the different ways that you can imagine the, the meaning of that word. Uh, do, do you get the sense when you're doing these projects, Barry, that people are become invested in, in telling their stories and and, and and describing their experiences? Yeah, I mean, inevitably, as they're all individual humans, they'll have different kind of. Um, the, some of them will, will be very open to telling their stories and some of them, because of the backgrounds you come from, will find it difficult opening up but will contribute in other ways. But um, you get some people that it just changes their life, managing to get this out into something positive like a song or, or whatever other kind of art that you're making with them. Talk to us a wee bit about the project you did with the Govern Initiative. Uh, I think you're going to play that song. Yeah. Yeah. As a kind of prime example, because... Um, 
So when we did the masters, we got split into groups, um, and I kind of got given what I thought was a bit of a uh, a difficult one uh, with the what's called the Govan Integration Network. Bearing in mind that over half of them can't speak English and things like that, so the communication aspect was going to be difficult. Um, but uh, thankfully, they had interpreters there, and uh, and we went in, and we kind of had to curate. Uh, it was all down to us to make up because they didn't have a. Um, substantial music program of any kind there um, so we kind of had to decide what we had to do so what they did having they did just do was um, they'd written a book of poems so we thought we'll take that as our kind of stimulus and we'll uh, turn them into songs basically so we came up with this idea called the 10 minute song where the three of us worked with everyone from the group there was maybe about 15 to 20 people and because we also knew that we only had a couple of hours to do it because it was a drop-in centre for a couple of hours on a Wednesday. We had to do something that was timed, so we thought, we'll call it the 10-minute song challenge, and we have 10 minutes with every person to turn their poem into a song. And when we're talking about how it can help the artist to kind of... It kind of galvanises everyone making something, uh, whether it's the artist or the, kind of the participant. And this is a prime example, because I was working... Was it nose to nose? Is that what you said? Yeah, over two guitars. Over over one guitar. <laughs> uh, he didn't play. But uh, with uh, with this fella from uh, Afghanistan who just came over, and he was the only one actually who hadn't wrote a poem because his, he just couldn't do it because of his English. Um, so he instead drew a picture, and it was just he could write about anything, so he drew about anything, and he did this one picture, and it was. Um, it was all in red, and it was a, a kind of love heart with an arrow through, but then there was lots of blood coming off it, and things like that, and various other things around about. And inevitably, because he's from Afghanistan, um, kind of to, to my detriment, I kind of put this in as kind of must be about war and, and stuff like that, because that's his background, uh, and that's all I know of it. But I was saying, what's that about? Through his interpreter, it was like, it's about a woman leaving a man for another woman and running away and I was like that's just the same as us and uh, and then he gave a few more lines that went into the lyrics and turned that into a song and I think that kind of speaks volumes for the whole of social projects and that it helps you understand them as well as them understanding us and also creates a kind of artifact that everyone can be proud of. Let's, let's hear the song. Yeah? Yeah, why not? And hopefully we'll, we'll have some of these uh, experiences uh, with, with some of the groups and constituencies we we will work with, and hopefully Barry and some of our other students will work with work with us on that project as well. Anyway, so let's hear same for that. Divine 
But the worst it can happen is you get confusing. I've overstepped the line. There's always someone else to fear. There's always someone else to fear. Why is it hard red when blood is too? I don't understand it. It's always the same Cold Arrow It's always the same Cold Arrow It's always the same Cold Arrow I don't know if I can follow that, except that was... Um...
that was wonderful. And I guess for us, that's the sort of thing we want to do something like that so that we could say this is what the project could create. Actually, I mean that's a magnificent piece of work and a fabulous song. And and the way that the process, I guess, goes for us is is really important. And we're looking forward to doing that with with other groups um, and individuals. And hopefully, we can get Barry involved in it. Um, we're just about at a stage where we're going to break for a little bit of lunch about twelve o'clock. But um, we're aware that we've asked people to put questions on the board there, so. We're just going to take a few minutes to go through those um, and respond to as many as we can. Um, so I'll just move over to there and actually just go through some of them. And we will follow up the ones that we haven't got through. We've added a blog board there of suggested contacts because people were saying, oh, we should speak to them, we should speak to them, we should speak to them. So we've put them up there. So again, we'll make a bigger board for people to add more suggested contacts as it goes through. But we had some, we had some questions on Twitter, which again was, was great. That's what we were hoping for. Um, let's get started. These, the first one here was can we run cafes in our area? We are, for, like any project, we are resourced to deliver certain things, um, but part of our whole ethos is to design a kind of model uh, that others can take and use. So Jennifer talked a bit about that with the website, the logos. You can use them, let's create something with them. Same for the community the cafes. Um, we can use the platform this morning, if you want to run the one, if you want to run an extra one. Then we have limits to what we support specifically in terms of having a trainer in, but if you have your own trainer, you'll still need to be able to do that. We would be more than delighted to, to increase the number of cafes that we run. So we have comments again from online from Can We Do Anything in the Highlands? And again, for the schools programme, we are, again, with limited resource where we're not planning cafes in the Highlands, but again, if you get the model right, then people can take those and run with those, then that would be, that would be great, and that would actually you know, allow us to do what we really want to do with the project all along, is get people to feed in rather than just deliver what we were, if you like, resourced to deliver. So that's two from Twitter, and there'll be more coming. Um, will the school's programme be added to the curriculum or have classes out of school hours? It's very much our intention to do that as part of the curriculum, um, to build it into the curriculum, and, and Alison will be uh, sending around school materials um, criteria soon. And, and I think we, we want to make it important enough that it's not just something added on at the end of a day and therefore people feel it's not really part of something they're doing. And, and we're working closely with Klaus Meyer, who's just actually arrived, who's from Education Scotland, who's responsible for the education programme uh, for Commonwealth Games, uh, to work with him and his literacy teams to ensure that the curriculum for excellence issues that we want to cover as part of the project are, are mapped. So that's very much a good question and something we are trying to do. Um, the creative voices section talks about creative writing, but only documented film. Is there room for creative film? Tony, is there room for creative film? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I guess filmmaking is a creative process. And yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, in the, I think just like the songwriting and the, the creative writing, the, the film dimension again will be shaped according to the groups that we work with. And, and go through the process that our, our, our staff would normally go through in working in those kind of collaborative uh, arrangements. Okay. Um, regarding working with youth groups, could it be included as part of Youth Achievement Awards? And have you considered youth organisations outside schools, scouts, etc.? The schools programme, I guess, is very specific on delivering within schools, but there's no reason why these groups can't get involved perhaps in the community media dimensions of the programme and or the creative voices. Because at the moment we are in the process of planning to be able to recruit groups of individuals to be part of those three other parts of the initiative. So yes to both of those questions. Um, and again, it's for, if those people are in the room and they want to follow up on that, then please do or, or, or email us or write to us. How can we build a network of schools across a project 
would be a great opportunity for sharing. Well, I mean, I guess for the schools programme, we're very keen that those 32 local authority schools are, we find a mechanism for them to be sharing, and that may include meetups, which are, the geographical issues are obviously a bit problematic for us in terms of getting around Scotland anyway. So the online environment is, I guess, where we're trying to do a lot of that, but I mean, I'm really keen on the idea of having Google Hangouts and things where we get people to come together, and, and that it goes beyond geography and some of the limitations of geography. So it's a really good point about how we ensure that once we recruit, that they enable people to, to converse and communicate. How do you plan to work with each local authority and its communities out with schools? Have you involved community learning, libraries, for example? We, we're very much keen on the community media cafe idea that these can take place in a range of venues. So library spaces, learning spaces, you see them in a lot of our communities. Um, where they're kind of cross, I think this is maybe a good example where you've got a college and you've got a, a, a venue here and again there's a space there it would be ideal for a community media cafe downstairs and um, so we, we are again limited in what we can do across out with those communities but it's for, when we recruit for those into the community media cafes then we're keen to get those kind of groups to be at those cafes so again they're networking across people because we're talking about 15 people at a cafe where they learn about some audio, learn about some video and again they can be from a range of organisations and groups. Could there be scope to explore international and multicultural dimensions, e.g. through schools that have strong international links? Again, a great point. Um, we, we would, our intention is that that would work through the schools. The schools that we recruit, again, some of the work they're already doing, I think, with Education Scotland and the education programme and the way that the Commonwealth is already embedded in the curriculum, that we would imagine that those will have some of those international links. And then it's just about how do we make use of that? How do we benefit that? And I think that was the Trevor that brought that question up because... I think you said your son's at Shawlands Academy and it's international school. And again, that, that I think we want the schools and the teachers that we get involved to really be creative around about how they would best link this project to the work they're already doing. So that it's not an added extra, but it's something that kind of further embeds what they're already doing in their practice. And last couple at the moment, regarding schools, would Instagram be included as it's very popular with S1 and S2s? We, um, we made heavy use of Instagram. Um, if anyone's seen Instagram, you can get a a free app on your phone um, for the Citizen Review project, so yes. I think Jennifer's point about the website, if you tag your, if you've got to take an Instagram photograph and tag your content, Digcomwealth 2014, it will become part of the project anyway. You know, so, so very much that would be something they would do. And that's again the kind of ideas that we want from, from schools and stuff. Well, we'd like to do this. If we can then enable that because of the technical capacity, then we will make it happen because we don't want to impose platforms and channels that people should use if it's a place where nobody is because there's no point in that for us. We want to go where people, the, the, the platforms that people are already using. Some schools, local authorities block access to, to YouTube. How can you get around this? Yeah, that's a, I think that's a good one. And, and that is something that's been part of our thinking and, and some of our discussions with local authorities has been around, what do you currently do? What do you currently have? And we're very keen to, to reach ICT de curriculum development type officers that some schools have and some local authorities have who are already dealing with some of these challenges. And, and we, will, we will be adaptable in terms of each local authority context for that. Other local authorities have, I mean, I know we've had good discussions with Falkirk, have got you know, opened up everything. Every school has Twitter accounts that teachers are using Twitter. And so that's fine. But there will, we appreciate there will be challenges. And that's why we've been going out and really speaking to local authorities to see what's possible within each of those contexts. Okay, so please ask more questions on here there. Yes, you and you have a question. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's, uh, how and when 
are the likely participant organisations for the Community Cafes, Community Voices, Schools programme going to be selected, bearing in mind the time constraints? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the Schools programme, we will have materials out hopefully next week. That will go out to, we're just working on getting them to the right people. And that's kind of one of the reasons why we've had some educational contacts here is to, to get the right person to get the information to. And there's a set of criteria as to how to apply to be part of it for that element of the project. The community media cafes, we're just in the stage of arranging the dates where these will happen. And then we'll actually, they will be fixed in. So we've got one starting in Aberdeen next week. And um, we've got Cam Glen again next week as well in, in the Glasgow area. So, and then we'll be announcing the full programme of those. And then it'll just be about sending out invites to the targeted groups that we've, that we've got up here, actually, um, to make sure people can come along to those. And the third part was the Creative Voices, which, again, we're just at the stages. It will all start delivering next year, so it's not going to be delivered in this part of the year. We are, we are already uh, identifying possible groups that we can work with, and, and I would say that we're, we're open to suggestions as well, yeah, very much so. Are you going to be, sorry, are you no? connected geographically to the community cafe areas? In, in, the, in the Creative Voices, we, we are uh, connected geographically, <coughs> geographically to the four campus areas of UWS. Uh, yeah. or, or, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so Dumfries, But Edinburgh is one of the community media clusters and we're still to firm down the dates in that. And it's, yeah. the, it should be in the next couple of days. Okay. Yeah. Next That's week. Very <laughs> helpful. Very good. <laughs> okay, um, a little bit silly holding them <laughs> in the mic here like this. Um, we're just going to break now. There's going to be some lunch taken up here. And then, so we'll be about maybe a half an hour for that. I know some people may have to go. If you have to go, leave your details and, and we can follow up on anything. And then after the lunch, there's then going to break out into little workshops again. So Jennifer will be coming to you. We've got a creative writing one. We've got a community media one in here. Uh, and we've got an education one in the library. Okay. Okay, thanks for your contribution so far. Thank you for listening. Um, that's the end of the live stream. I hope you enjoyed it.